0: Welcome to the Mind Body Breakthroughs podcast, where we bring you amazing guests on the cutting edge of science, health, and business each week to share strategies you can use to get the breakthrough that you are looking for in your life. I am your host, Chris Donahue, and with me is my co host, Dr. Nevada Gray. We're so glad that you're joining us today, and we'd like to invite you to join our free private Facebook community. Mind Body Breakthroughs. The views expressed on the Mind Body Breakthroughs podcast are the opinions of the hosts and guests and are not to be taken as medical advice, as the hosts and guests do not provide medical care. Information provided is for educational purposes only. You should consult your medical provider in relation to your personal health and prior to making any changes in your diet or fitness. The Otto Wild Grill is the king of sophistication, bringing that steakhouse feel into the comfort of your own home. Portable, easy to assemble and clean, the Otto Wild Grill packs a big punch in your grilling game. With only three minutes of preheating needed to 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit, you can expect moisture and flavor sealed within a gorgeous steakhouse crust in minutes. The secret is in the auto grill's radiant technology, which allows for higher searing temperatures, faster cooking, and juicy steaks. What are you waiting for? Save $300 off the purchase of your grill today. See the show notes for a discount link and code. Andy Mant is the founder and CEO of Blue Blocks, a company specializing in evidence-based advanced light filtering eyewear. Andy started Blue Blocks after becoming dissatisfied with the quality and standards of blue light blocking glasses available, and so set about to design lenses that match the evidence in the academic literature. Andy was born in the UK and moved to Australia in 2011. After moving and about two years after arriving, Andy gained a lot of weight and became chronically fatigued and lacked energy. Traditional dietary approaches only worked to a certain degree, and after stumbling across light and health, Andy forged a passion and niche understanding of all things light related to health. Today, Andy is a leading figure in Managing Light to Improve Health and Well-Being. Andy and Katie Mantz, welcome to the podcast. How are you guys doing?
1: We're doing well. Thank you.
0: Yeah, good guys. Great
2: to be on. Thanks for thanks for the invite.
3: Yes, welcome back. We're glad to have you.
2: Thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's, an, it's an honor to be back on speaking to you guys. And yeah, we had such a Um, I I, I was on, obviously, myself um, with you guys last time. It was such a a deep dive into some of the uh, um, sort of basic um, sort of light uh, management protocols and what people should be doing and a bit of the science behind it. So, yeah, really excited to get back on and sort of do a little bit more, um, you know, deep diving with you guys on specific topics.
0: Awesome. Well, we are honored to have you. And like you said, we can dive into bunch of topics. Uh, we got a lot of positive responses from our last uh, episode with you, Andy. People were just blown away by the role that light plays. And uh, today we're excited and grateful to have you on, Katie, and uh, get your perspective on some of this stuff. And then specifically some of the hacks and strategies that that women can use uh, regarding all of this. So that's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm keen to share that with you guys. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, why don't we start with what's um, so what's new? What's uh, what's the latest? You guys are uh, the the business you're you're full time now for about a month. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's that's right. We've been full time for for about a month now. Um, I mean, the company's been around for for a couple of years, but um, you know, I guess the um, the way it's grown um, in the last sort of year has, has been phenomenal. People are starting to see the light, as 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 we say, and and, and understand how it's affecting themselves. You know, it's it's not just uh, you know about um, you know bit of digital eye strain from computer work you know it goes a lot deeper into sort of you know mitochondria damage and um you know preserving um you know your, your wellness your sleep um you know producing melatonin which is an antioxidant and you know I think, um, you know, what's, what's, sort of, um, what's sort of new from, from us is that, um, you know, we, we, we're continuing to, to delve into the literature, as, as we always do. We love to be, you know, at the forefront of what's going on in, um, you know, circadian biology and, and light. And, you know, there's been some great new, new studies that have come out since we um, last spoke with, um, with, with you guys. And, you know, we're, we're looking forward to sharing those with, with people as, as well. Um, you know, some, some great stuff around chrononutrition, we can touch upon there's some also some great um some great stuff on um you know sort of timing of um of when you should be eating you know a lot of um a lot of people are um following carnivore diets and maybe they're eating all day um or maybe they're intermittent fasting but you know when you look at it from a circadian standpoint are what they doing currently is is that optimal um and uh yeah just sort of throw some new perspective on things in terms of, um, you know, sort of touch points, I guess people wouldn't have maybe thought of or, um, you know, might want to understand, listen to a little bit more and be like, you know what, that makes sense. And I'm going to change and tweak my dieting protocol and lifestyle to to incorporate some of this um, circadian biology um, uh, hacks into their uh, everyday life.
3: Yes. Well, I think we should just dive right in because I know people are very interested in meal timing, especially with their circadian rhythm. So what do you got for us today, Andy and Katie?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, when it comes to when it comes to circadian biology, you, 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 have a master clock. Okay. So that master clock is, um, is in your brain um, and it's entrained by lights. And it's basically like the, the conductor to an orchestra. Okay. So um, by that, I mean that it is driving um, the oscillation of the peripheral clocks, which are typically found in every cell in, in the human body. Um, now, what came out um, in in the literature recently is that um, a lot of those um, peripheral clocks, so say the ones that are found in the liver or found in the skeletal muscle, found in the kidneys or spleen and, and other organs, are all driven independent of light. Um, so light entrains the master clock, which is the conductor, but the peripheral clocks are actually entrained by different um, stimuli from the environment. So that could be exercise, temperature, um and meal timing as it as it happens so what you want to do to get really optimal entrained circadian rhythms is you want to watch the sunrise we covered that in our first conversation in the last episode that you watch the sunrise and it sends a message the light at that specific time of the day will send a message to your brain to the master clock that says it's daytime let's produce cortisol to feel um awake let's produce serotonin and dopamine to feel great um, and and really happy in ourselves um and then go about our day but what that doesn't do that doesn't actually entrain the peripheral clocks um and if you want to have uh an orchestra of clocks in your body playing in tune um they all need to be in sync with the conductor the master clock so the liver clock, for instance, and the pancreas clock are entrained by food, okay? So the first time you eat upon waking will entrain those specific clocks. So when you look at the academic literature surrounding that, it's saying that you need to eat between zero and four hours upon waking, um, and then that will entrain, make sure that the liver and pancreas clock are ticking basically in sync with the master clock. Um, So what a lot of people typically do with the intermittent fasting protocols, and I see this a lot in the ketogenic world um, where intermittent fasting is really big, is that they typically skip breakfast and have a feeding window maybe, you know, 2 p.m. till about 8 p.m., you know, that's the six hours. Um, And when they're doing that and, and skipping breakfast, they're actually missing a cue to entrain the liver clock and and the pancreas clock in line with with the master clock. And if you're not entraining those clocks, um, correctly and they're running out of sync with the other master clocks and the other peripheral clocks you can actually have this dysfunction to the clock mechanisms within that um, within that organ. So for instance you know you could have an issue with the pancreas with insulin secretion if you did that over time. You could have an issue with the um, neuropeptides and um, hormones that are required for digestion you know like le- leptin, neuropeptide, YY and um, you know ghrelin things like that. Um, and then, you know, it's it's just it's yeah, it's just just such a shame that people are are, are doing intermittent fasting, which is a fantastic thing for apoptosis and autophagy, and a, a fantastic thing for your health and longevity. But all they need to do is switch it around. You know, finish your um, finish your last meal of the day while it's still sunlight outside. Um, have your largest meal of the day at the be- uh, at the beginning of the day to entrain with your master clock. Now, another major issue with with meal timing is the actual um it's not just not having it at the beginning of the day but if you eat after dark you're causing a couple of issues here to your clock system as well the first one being that if you eat after dark um you are putting your body into a state of activeness, okay? So you're digesting. Hormones are going to be released. that are going to be with your digestion. Um, they're going to be, you know, shuttling nutrients around and doing what, whatever they need to be doing. Um, but this is a, a, a phenomenon that should be happening during the active phase of our circadian day, so when it's light, um, when the sun's shining, because that's when the body and all the organs and clocks are active in terms of digestion, exercise, metabolic processes like, um, you know, heavy ATP production, things like that. And when it gets dark, our body needs to move into a state of repair. So the body can only repair in the absence of blue and green light. Um, And it can only repair when when other processes in the body are not active as well. So we don't want to be digesting food after dark because that's gonna impair with the re- release of, of melatonin. Um, and melatonin is is what's needed for sleep, but it's also a powerful antioxidant, which helps clear out the damage to the cells caused during the day. So if you're eating after dark, you're probably not gonna get as optimal deep and REM sleep than someone that would eat more of their calories at the beginning of the day. And this is all evidence-based and fact fact-checked in the academic literature. Those that eat more of their calories earlier in the day as opposed to someone that eats the same calories but later in the day, the person that eats them at the beginning of the day will have better weight loss. They'll have better sleep, um, and they'll have better feelings of, of well-being as well. So it's 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 a sort of three-pronged sort of bonus to just switching over that intermittent fasting protocol and and you know stop eating before the sun sets and you know front-load uh, the majority of your calories. <laughs>
3: What are some mechanisms that people can use to protect themselves from blue and green light during the nighttime?
2: Yeah, so the couple of things that um, I guess you, you probably touched upon a couple of the things like the glasses and the yeah. red lights. Yeah, so
1: obviously um, the our red-blue blocker glasses are the most optimum product to protect yourself from those artificial blue lights after dark. Um, but a thing that we've done in our house, which has actually proven to be um, very, very useful in terms of um, our lifestyle, is to replace a lot of our bulbs with red bulbs. Um, now, I discovered this. It was purely... Noticing the difference in our lifestyle between Andy and I. So, back when we were in the corporate world, we'd get home from work, um, have our dinner, the sun would set, he put on his blue blockers, I put on mine, we'd go about our evening, you know, might settle down for a bit of TV. And then when it was time for bed, it was quite an easy transition for Andy. He would just go into the bed, bedroom, turn the light off, pull off his blue blockers, and go to sleep. For myself, I had to take my makeup off, wash my face. And I've been sat in um, in the house with my blue blockers on, then went to the bathroom and thought, well, now I have to take these off. And I've undone all of the work that I've done, uh, protecting myself from the artificial um, blue light, wearing the blue blockers by going into the bathroom, and taking them off and washing my face. And that's when we noticed that actually is a lot of different lifestyle hacks needed depending on the individual. So I went to Andy with this and said, what can we do? You know, I'm exposing myself to artificial blue light right before I get into bed when I have to wash my face. And that's when he came up with the idea of, right, well, let's switch out the bulbs. So our bathroom actually has a red bulb. So when we do go in um, after ready for bed, I can just take the glasses off and it's in, in red light.
2: Yeah, it's really, um, it's really good to sort of um, mention that, you know, red light doesn't impact melatonin secretion so that's why we we switch out regular bulbs which contain high amounts of blue and green light Um, and it's the blue and the green specifically as well that actually um causes um uh, are basically a trigger in the central clock to say it is the daytime um produce more cortisol don't produce as much melatonin now the, the issue with um with light management after dark is that it doesn't matter if you block 99% of blue and green light or 0% of blue and green light. All it takes is a millisecond of that light hitting your, your central um, IPRGC cells in the inner retina um, for it to trigger that mechanism of like, right, it's, it's awake time again now. Um, So this is, I guess, alluding to what Katie was going into there was the fact that she'd be wearing her blue blockers after sunset until it was time for bed, but then having to take the makeup off and to do that, take her glasses off. So it was pointless wearing the glasses. So, um, you know, she, she saw a massive, um, in, increase in her REM sleep when she, um, when we switched over those light bulbs, um, again, tracked it on the aura ring. And, um, yeah, it was just crazy. Just that that moment, five minutes taking off the makeup, um, that effect would, would have on, on her. Own. And I guess another, another big hack that, um, we both use as well, um, is, it's it's very evident now that um, a, a blue light sensitive um, opsin is actually now found in the skin, um, which is called melanopsin. And we, we thought it was initially only in the eyes, but it's actually um, evidence based that it's now in the in the skin, um, and the skin has its own independent clock mechanism as as well, um, and it's not tied to the central clock. Um, so if you are if you haven't got red light bulbs in your house and you've got your blue blockers on, brilliant, you're going to get a, you're going to get a good night's sleep, not a, not a problem. Um, but the issue you're going to have is your skin can still sense blue light um, and that will impair its own clock mechanism structure. So a study came out a few weeks ago that talked about the independent skin clock. Um, and what happens is the skin has two phases, um, much like what I was talking about earlier about the restorative phase being during the um, the darkness um, in the absence of blue and green light and the active phase of the skin being during the, the day. So the active phase of the skin would be, you know, um, to help, um, you know, the absorption of UV light to synthesize vitamin D, for example, um, and the restorative phase after dark would be to, undo any damage caused by maybe the excess uv that's happened during the day or you know cleaning um you know damage to cells from um you know pollution and um other sort of bad uh, emf things like that um, stimuli that's that's happening um during the day so what's actually what was actually discussed in this study um and proven was that the skin is now rarely in a state of recovery so the blue light is signaling during the daytime from the sun that, you know, to be the skin can be active and, and do what it needs to do during the day. But because we're sitting under artificial light from your TV, your smartphone, your house lights, your fridge, you know, all that after dark, the skin never knows that it's in a recovery phase. So the study was alluding to the fact that, yeah, you excess UV light during the day, if not managed correctly, can cause some cell damage in the skin. But Nature always puts an antidote in, our, our, basically in our in our bodies and um, uh, in, in the biological mechanisms to actually repair that damage. But to repair that damage, we need complete darkness or or, or red light after dark, like a campfire or um, you know red light bulbs. But because the skin can't get into that phase for long enough. It's leading to things like increased skin cancer rates, um, accelerated aging in the skin, you know, fine line and wrinkles that are happening um, more and more and more. So, you know, it doesn't come down to just blocking it from your eyes. You need to be really cognizant of the fact that these opsins in, this, in the skin uh, are there to sense blue light because the mechanism, clock mechanism found in the skin, um, is run independent of that master clock. So, you know, you can block all the blue light you want through your eyes which is great for your sleep but if you're exposing your skin to the blue light then you're going to be having a, a hard time repairing any damage and you know for, for i guess for the, for the more vain guys out there and i guess the majority of the ladies we, we don't want wrinkles and you know the fact that we're accelerating aging by bathing under blue light after dark and not allowing our skin to repair is going to be causing all this accelerated aging wrinkles fine lines and you know issues with the skin that we see so frequently these days
0: Wow, this is, wow. <laughs> I just find it so fascinating, and I love that it's all about returning to nature. Uh, you know, one of the things I was thinking as you were so masterfully talking about the symphony of, of clocks um, is that, like, when I went through herbalist school, we learned traditional Chinese medicine, and, you know, they were talking about this stuff thousands of years ago. They understood yep. the <laughs> clocks of the different organs and when they were active, and, you know, it's like we're just kind of catching up in in our modern lifestyle, and I think, you know, biohacking sometimes gets a bad name. We get, I'll get a comment or two like, ah, I just I don't see why we have to do that. It just doesn't seem, you know, ancestral to be using all these gadgets and doing all these things. But you know, biohacking today is just a, a sad reality that if we're going to you have it both ways and have an ancestral life, but still enjoy these modern conveniences and modern technology. It's a buffer. It's, it's an equalizer. Is that, is that kind of the way that that you view it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It couldn't be more on point. That's exactly what Andy and I say quite often. It's it's like you say, biohacking does seem quite out there for a lot of people and it can be um, a difficult concept to grasp. I mean, I mean, for myself, um, I came on board with it a lot later than Andy. He found it a lot earlier than I did. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is quite out there. It's very different. And it can be um, a challenge for some people to adapt to some of the hacks. But the reality is, like you say, we are in this modern lifestyle. And if you do want the health benefits, then these hacks are needed. And and, I think it's great that there is that um, niche out there that is finding a way to bring both the nature and the modern world together.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, don't want to be you know some of these biohackers they they just want to go and you know sleep in the middle of a field somewhere and you know it's it's just not um conducive to 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 modern day society you know like a majority of us will work in a nine to five job in an office you know we want to watch some tv after dark and you know we want to make sure that people are empowered to, to make these choices that, you know, if you want to go and sleep in a field in a tent for the rest of your life, then that's cool. You know, go and do that. But, you know, 99% of us don't want to do that. We want to enjoy the um, technological advances that, you know, have allowed us to have, I guess, some comfort in our lives, but we also want to do it in the most healthy way possible. So, you know, these hacks like the red lights and covering your skin and wearing your blue block of glasses are just, um, you know, a few tools that people can do to, to, hack their environment um and which will ultimately you know hack their biology into to being as optimal as they want to be in the given situation that their their life finds themselves in.
3: And you guys also have an amazing sleep mask that people are using at nighttime and also for meditation. And I was just curious if you could speak to some of the science behind the sleep mask.
2: Yeah absolutely. So There's another study that um, was released quite a long time ago, to be fair. I think it was about 2012, um, that um, basically gave um, one set of um, subjects um, a 100% blackout sleep mask. And the other set, um, a. um, actually, sorry, they they had one set of people. They measured their sleep wearing um, no sleep mask. And with a little bit of um, ambient, dim artificial light shining in through um, through through the bedroom, um, and they also then tested their sleep with wearing a one hundred percent blackout sleep mask um, for, for, um, in in the same situation and what they found was um, there was a, i think a twenty two percent increase in REM sleep for people that wore the the sleep mask now. The science behind um, that is the fact that when we are sleeping um, to get into more deep and restorative REM and, and deep sleep, you actually need complete darkness. Now, there's other studies out there that have shown that, you know, even, you know, a small amount of light being shone on your um, closed eyelids when you sleep actually increases things like insulin resistance. Um, it also Um, stops the secretion of of melatonin throughout the night as well because melatonin peaks you know in the early hours of the morning Um, it's not typically peaking before bed it just starts to to secrete before bed Um, and those that are sleeping with um, with you know say the partner gets up in the night and switches the bathroom light on to go to to use the bathroom maybe a car drives past and a bit of um, light comes through your window maybe a street lamp's outside your house um maybe the neighbor's lights shine through a bit, you know, that's all gonna hit those closed eyes and, and actually um in impair sleep quality. Um and we wanna be in that restorative deep phase and, and it is complete darkness that allows that to happen. Um now some of the other um sleep masks out there, they're these sort of like sort of silk-like things that just sort of they're almost a bit of material that just sort of fits over your eyes. Um, but there's so much light that comes in through the bottom part by the nose, in through the top, um, and they sort of slip around a lot. So what we did with with the Remedy Sleep Mask was that we made these eye cavities that were like these soft cups that go on this um, band that has like Velcro on it. Um, And you can move the cups um, as much as you want. So you can get the perfect blackout, 100% um, light blocking every single time. And when we actually... Were designing this product it was quite evident as well that if you go a long period of time of applying pressure to your eyes you can actually cause things like glaucoma and eye pressure related issues um, so some of these sleep masks that are out there that are just you know the elastic ones you put over and on, on, the, on your face they go they're actually a- applying a light bit of pressure to the eyes and if you're wearing that for say between six and ten hours at night when you're sleeping over time, that's going to cause eye pressure-related problems as well. And if you actually place pressure on your eyes, it's actually harder to get into REM sleep. So you don't want any pressure on on your eyes at all. Um, so that's why we made sure that the the cavities you, you could put the put the sleep mask on, open your eyes, and it still be hundred percent blackout. So we wanted to make sure that um, you know that was incorporated in there as well and um you know the the deep um touch or pressure therapy as well we wanted to make sure that that when i guess the ergonomics of the design was that the fact that when you tighten the sleep mask you can actually hit specific pressure points um around the face to actually help induce some of this um more restorative sleep as well um and the other um, place that the sleep mask is, is used quite heavily as well is, is meditation. Um, you know, some people can sort of lie in the middle of the day and, and do meditation. But, you know, to get into more of a deeper sort of trance um, or, or meditative state, um, sometimes people need it to be completely black blackout. And that's difficult to do in the middle of the night because you want to sleep during the middle of the night. And, um, you know, when it gets really dark, you typically want to start producing a lot of melatonin and and fall asleep whereas if you want to do like a 10 minute really deep focused meditation you can have a hundred percent blackout by using the sleep mask um and really start to sort of you know get into your your mindfulness your manifestations and and your your meditations using it that way so yeah it's been an absolute game changer like we got so much positive feedback on it and it's um yeah been been fantastic
1: Mm, i actually traveled back to the uk a couple of months ago And I found it life-changing for jet lag. When I was on the plane, it literally completely blocked out all the light, which meant I could really align my body clock to the UK, which is obviously quite a big time difference from here in Australia. So for for frequent travelers, it really is a game changer.
0: Wow, that uh, that is really cool. cool. uh, The listeners can't see me right now, but I'm wearing a pair of blue-blocking glasses I have for about, what, the last two months? And uh, it really has been a game changer. I, I just, I love them. I have the, uh, the yellow glow for during the day and then the, the red one for at night. My sleep is deeper. I mean, today, Nevada and I recorded six podcasts and I've wow. been under artificial light the entire day. Uh, like you said, Andy, I can't, today I couldn't sit in the middle of the field. I, I had work to do. I had things that I had to do, but I've been able to uh, be protected the entire time, and I'm confident that when I go to sleep tonight, I'm going to close my eyes and get right into deep restorative sleep, and that would not be the case if it wasn't for these glasses, so that is really awesome. Um, one of the things that I love about about you and about you guys is that you you take into account all kinds of lifestyle issues, and, you know, it's not just food. It's not just light. It's You know, there's junk food, there's junk light, but there's also junk thoughts and junk media and just all kinds of things that we're taking into our body and our lives. Can you just kind of talk to us about a a typical day for you guys and some of the other lifestyle strategies that that you use?
1: Yeah, sure. I'll start with my um, typical day because it does vary a little bit to, to Andy. Um, when I wake up, um, particularly in winter, it can be a challenge. I know we've talked about managing artificial blue light after dark, but some of those principles still apply in the morning. If you're waking up, particularly when i was still in the corporate world, I have to wake up to an alarm clock to get to work for a particular time. I might be waking up when it was still dark. Um, so you still need to apply those principles that we were using in the evening, in the morning, which means popping on your uh, blue blocker glasses in the morning until the sun rises because you are under artificial light. Um, so, again, I was getting ready and having my shower in the bathroom under red lights. And then I was getting ready um, with do my hair and makeup under red light as well. And then once the sun did rise, the first thing I do would go outside, take in the natural sunlight for about 15 to 20 minutes, Um, And I have a strict rule that I will not check my phone or anything until I have had those 15, 20 minutes outside in natural sunlight in the morning. Um, Then we'd go about our our day, having our breakfast early on. That's typically the largest meal of the day for us. Um, And then we'd go to the gym in the morning and do a bit of work. So try to do the creative computer work in the morning, try to get outside, take the laptop in the natural sunlight to do that work then have some lunch. Um, We do a bit more of the creative work in in the afternoon, again, wearing our, um, I I typically go for the uh, summer glow glasses during the day, um, just because it does help with anxiety and depression. A lot of the work that I do is quite creative, so it's quite heavy on the computer. Um, So I find that I'm exposed to quite a lot of artificial blue light in the day, so I I wear my uh, summer glow glasses. And then come the afternoon, we sort of wind down um with our lightest meal of the day just before sunset, um, before going to watch the sunset at the beach normally. Um and then once the sunset the uh sleepless glasses go on, um, because obviously the artificial lights do come on then. Um and just sort of wind down for the evening and then get ready for, for bed. Um Andy's is slightly different to mine being a guy.
2: Yeah, mine's Mine starts um, sort of in a similar way. I, I like to be outside um, for a good period of time in the, in the morning. Um, and then, you know, when I'm doing my work on my computer, I, I, will, I will wear the, the, the yellow summer glow as well. Um, you know, I like that extra bit of bit of protection. I mean, most of the time, I'm fortunate enough because um, it's moving into the warmer months now here in, in Australia, Is I, I just take my laptop outside. Um, and do a bit of work out there. And what that does is you've got the you know, balanced spectrum of um, sunlight um, shining on, on the skin and on the face while you're using a computer. Um, so I won't wear any of my glasses if I can work outside um, because the sun is gonna mitigate any of the negative effects of the, the light coming out of the computer um but um katie typically has to work in in the office um on the creative side of things so that's why she would always wear those those yellow lenses um which are paramount for blue light filtration during during the day when you're doing heavy computer work um i will yeah obviously eat my largest meal at the beginning of the day have some more food um at lunch and then probably finish about four o'clock-ish um in terms of my food um but it's really important as well that at the end of the day like you know we touched upon last about how important the sun uh rise is but the sunset's so important as well and it's it's something that we do every day and, and something that we we need to do every day and everyone needs to be doing every day and the reason being it was um and i didn't realize this until recently which is um which is really interesting the highest amount of blue light um given out from the sun appears at sunset which is really bizarre because Typically, you know, we're talking about, well, we don't want any blue after sunset because if you have any blue light after sunset, then you're going to tell your body it's daytime. But at sunset, you get the largest spike of blue. But what also happens at sunset is you get the largest crash of blue as well. So that sunlight goes up to really peak high in the blue range, which sends a signal to the brain that, wow, this is the highest point of blue during the day. Nighttime is going to be happening very soon. And that then readies the body the pineal gland to start secreting the melatonin later on in the in the evening so you get a big decrescendo effect that the blue will go high and then after sunset you'll start seeing the oranges and yellows and reds and blue will completely vanish and then blue will not then appear until the sunrise the next day so it's so important to see that sunset um before and after Um, because the light in that period is so different, um, that all of those different phases in that sort of 20 minutes while the sun's setting is so important to, um, in training and keeping the the body clock, um, you know, really in line and, and healthy and functional, um, even more so than the sunrise, um, in fact. So sunset is so, so important for that, that, um, Uh, for for that very reason and then after that I'll come back in I'll get my blue light glasses on um, you know unwind a bit um, you know my cortisol levels are going to be dropping um, which is what I want before I go to bed because you can't produce optimal melatonin in the absence of um Uh, With with the presence of blue and green light. So we get rid of the blue and green light. We start reducing cortisol down to start a bit of meditation, maybe a bit of reading. Um, You know, we we watch a little bit of television as, as well, but we'll make sure that our skin is covered up when we're doing that. Um, in the winter, um, which is now gone for us, Katie will will typically utilize um, red light therapy as well. Um, so a 660 nanometer red and an 850 nanometer infrared, near infrared um, device, which she'll shine on her face, which will restore any um, of the damage caused during the day to her skin. Via blue light from being on a computer, um, it also helps to stimulate the thyroid um, gland as well, which is very very important in everyone, but more so in women. Um, so she'll utilise that um, quite a bit. She typically won't utilise it too much in the summer months because there's so much near infrared and red from the sun, so we can get outside and get all that on us then. But that's a great hack for the for the winter. And then yeah, we'll, we'll get our sleep masks on and um, hit the hay, and then start the process again. So it's it's a very regimented routine and you know i guess for people listening um you know if, if you have commitments elsewhere and you know you might be able not be able to watch sunrises and sunsets and things like that you've just got to try and make the time even if it's just a couple of minutes to see these points of the day you've got to you've got to be seeing the sunrise just for a couple of minutes you know if that's all you can do you've got to be seeing solar noon just for a couple of minutes if that's what you can do and the sunset for a couple of minutes and try and structure your day around that rather than have your day dictate to you when you can see those specific periods of light and you will just notice in in a in a few weeks how amazing you feel um how uplifted you feel how happy you feel how much you're sleeping better and it takes six minutes a day of you know free light hacks from the sun to get to that stage so um yeah that's that's typically our our two days and yeah
3: That's so interesting, and you had posted a commentary regarding breast milk, and I received a lot of questions from women on this that were breastfeeding and noticed changes in their baby depending on the time of day that they pumped the milk, how how it was stored, and when that milk was administered to the baby and how it impacted the baby's sleep. And I was just wondering if you could speak to that for all of our listeners that are breastfeeding and have babies that are up all night.
2: Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, and it's interesting as well, because um, before I go into that, and, and it will become very clear in a minute when I, when I explain it, people that breastfeed um their babies um directly from their breasts um and don't pump milk their babies typically sleep better than those that have pumped breast milk um or bottle formula milk so that was really interesting and and i'd heard this anecdotally for for so many years from from people um and it never really clicked that there might be some sort of um chrono nutrition um sort of factor happening here and, and a study came out that I um, that I posted um, with a bit of commentary on um, probably about six six to eight weeks ago now, which showed that the hormonal composition of breast milk changes throughout the day. Now, the reason nature has done this is because it wants to use the mother's breast milk to send signals to the newborn to help in train and develop its own circadian biological systems. So. For instance, what they did was in this study was they took breast milk that was secreted during the daylight hours and they took breast milk that was secreted during the nighttime hours and they tested it. And what they found was that breast milk that was pumped during the um, daylight hours contained literally almost all of the hormone cortisol and and not much else. Um, There was obviously nutrients and vitamins and things in there. But the hormone that was present um, was was cortisol. And what does cortisol do? Cortisol is great during the day because what it does is it tells the body that it's it's daytime and to be active and to be energetic, so we can go about being um, you know creatures of the daytime and um, you know doing what we do, whether it be hunting and gathering ancestrally or going to the office to work, um, or in the baby's case, ideally being awake. Now, what they then tested was the breast milk that was pumped after sunset like during the dark hours i think it was like sort of breast milk that was pumped around about midnight 2 a.m in the morning something like that and the composition of the milk the hormones in it changed dramatically cortisol went to nothing it went to zero and the um hormones of um melatonin were very high and also um, the uh, also tryptophan now why that is so important is that um, melatonin is obviously the precursor to um, help, you know, regulate um, cell repair, cell damage, but also help with sleep. Um, and tryptophan actually mixes with, in, a, in a very basic terms, with serotonin in the gut to create more melatonin which helps you know, people sleep and, and get restorative phase sleep and then train circadian rhythms. Um, you get serotonin from um, watching the sunrise from morning sunlight, um, interestingly enough. So um, that's another, another sort of conversation to have. So what, what's happened um, was that if you pump breast milk um, and don't label when you've pumped it, you could be getting up to do a night feed to your baby in the middle of the night and giving it breast milk that was pumped during the day. Which is very high in cortisol. Cortisol causes the awakening response um, in infants, in humans, um, and will basically tell the, 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 the baby that, oh, this is daytime now, let's be awake, or, or you know, we don't need as much restorative sleep. So you're actually causing issues, um, or could be causing issues, to the development of your baby's circadian rhythms um, by giving and and administering the wrong milk, which is containing the wrong hormones at the wrong time of day. And it makes complete sense because, you know, ancestrally speaking, you know, there wouldn't have been any pumping of milk. The baby would have fed when it was hungry and um, then it would have, um, you know, received the correct hormones at the correct time of of day. Um, So, you know, you've you've got to be labeling. If you're going to be pumping breast milk, which a lot of people will be doing, just label what time of the day you pumped it. Um, And then try and administer that breast milk to the baby around that that sort of time. So if your baby is, I know sometimes they can be erratic and wake up at random times, but I reckon that if you fed them at specific times of the day and specific times of the um of of the evening and 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 the night um it would then the the baby's circadian rhythm would entrain a lot quicker you'd have probably a lot less wakings in the night which would help mum and dad sleep better as well um, but also help the baby develop their circadian rhythm correctly quickly um and the issue that you know, you have, if you have a, a dysfunctional circadian clock into early life, you know, that can lead to, to things that we're seeing more of a prevalence of today, which is, you know, a lot more sort of childhood obesity, a lot more, um, you know, neurological problems that children are facing, like anxiety and stress and depression at younger ages. Um, and a lot of it could be down to, you know, not having um, properly entrained circadian rhythm um, because now we're moving into the you know realm of convenience which is pre-pumping breast milk but then administering the wrong kind of breast milk to the child um, at the wrong time of the day so you know it's just very important to to label that breast milk and if you're not breastfeeding and you know it's not for everyone we we understand that um, you're giving bottled formula to um, your baby but it won't contain tryptophan or melatonin or or cortisol depending on the time of day that you want it so you know it'd be great if a you know baby formula company would come up with you know a daytime and a nighttime milk where you know there's specific hormones put into um the milk at that you know, given formula, which would help the the infant as well. And you know, I'm not a fan of um, endogenous hormones, but you know, not everyone can or or would like to breastfeed. So maybe that would be a hack in in that situation as well. But yeah, it was very interesting, Nevada, when that study came out that, you know, a baby's circadian rhythm. Yes, it's it's entrained by light dark cycles like everyone else. But in early stages of life, a baby doesn't have a circadian rhythm, and it seems that the mother's breast milk is actually the key stimuli to entraining training that that baby's circadian rhythm properly now this leads to another issue what would happen hypothetically if the mother has a dysfunctional circadian rhythm themselves if they are not blocking blue light or managing light correctly and they are secreting cortisol constantly throughout the day because they're exposed to blue light you know, that could cause an issue as well. That could be causing, you know, a, I guess, a, a developmental origin of a sort of hypothesis in the fact that if the mother's hormones aren't correct in, which is then put into the breast milk and then given to the child, that could cause an issue as well. So it's, it's not just about, oh, I've got some daytime milk, I've got some nighttime milk. The mother should be protecting themselves against blue light, having regular bedtimes, getting natural sun as well in order to make sure the breast milk they're producing is the most optimal from a circadian and chrono nutrition standpoint for their child.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. You know, a a little hack that can make such a difference in the life of a mother and of a family. Um, I know we don't have a lot of time left. One of the things I wanted to ask you since we talked last is a few years back, I did kind of a deep dive on color therapy and was looking at the effects that color has on on psychology, on the body, and even how the ancients used different colored rooms and different colored silks to, to do different you know, types of healing things. Now, this is something very well known even in like advertising. It's uh, they use the colors specifically to evoke different responses. Uh, yellow and orange uh, supposedly evoke a like a, an increased hunger response. So when you look at Burger King, McDonald's, you go down all the big fast food chains they're all yellow and orange in their logos, which I find fascinating. And I was wondering if, if you could talk just a little bit to color therapy, some of your experiences, and if you, uh, do you have any thoughts of coming up with like colored glasses? I know we have the summer glow, but maybe specific therapeutic uses of different colors
2: yeah no it's really interesting you you say about the yellow and orange because you know those are um two colors that are very prevalent during the um daytime naturally as well and that's the time that we should be eating so it's it's you know range true that you know um the big m is yellow and burger king are using the oranges and red so yeah that makes makes complete sense actually now you said it like like that um the the yellow in in the summer glow actually um was tested in in labs in the u.s um to um, mitigate against um, seasonal um, affective disorder. Um, They found that impregnating lenses with um, that specific um, color of of yellow um, basically made things appear a lot brighter than the normal which on a gloomy day which typically affects people with sad um really changed their perception of the world and it was that perception that um allowed their mood to be uplifted um and trigger i guess dopamine responses um, and triggers in the brain as well so that's how i guess summer glow worked in a nutshell but it's um it is interesting because um there was a lot of um a lot of research went into color therapy and there are so many different colors that evoke different responses. So, you know, if you even Google color therapy glasses, there's there's a lot of others out there that do different colors that they have tested to help with um, specific issues. And it's actually quite interesting that people that have migraines, a, a large portion of them actually seem to get a lot of benefit from green light glasses so they have um, green lenses across their glasses um, which really helps and people that have Um, really advanced stage like um, macular degeneration and things like that seem to do a lot better with brown lenses in their glasses as well so there's different colors can really help different people on an individual level and you know there's even gray tints out there as well for people that want to improve you know sharpness of vision and people like that are maybe doing shooting or um you know uh, sports that require a high level of accuracy that you know those types of tints can can help there so yeah i mean we haven't got any plans to to add any more in we we feel that um i think that that the summer glow is is great for for treating i guess a a a blue light related issue which is the sad um but yeah there's there's definitely companies out there that also offer other tints in glasses that, that don't really take into account any blue light blocking um, or filtering, but have a different color tint to be able to combat some of the things that we've just spoken about. And I guess our philosophy is that first and foremost, we want to manage light, um, you know, and, and that being a, a huge component of that is blue light. Um, and if we can add color therapy into that technology as well we, we absolutely will um, the issue with for instance the green lens is that it wouldn't filter out the, the harmful frequencies of light that would be causing specific damage um, to the retina and the circadian system, whereas the yellow, you can get away with it because it actually still filters down the harmful amounts of of blue light during the day that are actually contributing to things like anxiety and stress, and even the SAD itself. It just so happens that we can, um, you know, manufacture that specific tint to include color therapy as well. So yeah, it's definitely an interesting, um, uh, interesting topic.
0: Yeah, I, I really find it uh, fascinating. I remember reading about John Ott, and you know, I, I guess even a hundred years ago they had different uh, chromotherapy machines <laughs> and all kinds of things. It's just it, it's just a testament again to that we are complicated, uh, very sophisticated organisms that are affected by our environment and uh, everything that we take in, not just into our mouths, but into our eyes, into our hearts. It affects us, and epigenetically it. It, uh, it, it shifts things. And so I love I love that, again, about, about your approach, just, you know, doing it realistically. I mean, what, what you described for your day, that's something that we can all do a little better at. Like you said, if you can't see the entire sunrise and sunset, even if you're working, like there are times, you know, just take a break, take five minutes, schedule your break time around then, get outside, just Little little things that that can really add up at, at the end of the day. Well, guys, this was uh, this was great. Again, I feel like we can talk for hours. We're going to have to have you on a third time and get into uh, a little deeper on some of these things. But um, tell us, like uh, anything that 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 you guys have going on that you're excited about, and then where can these guys find you?
2: Yeah. So um, yeah, we. We we've got a, a few products in the pipeline at the moment that we're looking at. Um, one being red light therapy. Um, I, I can't go too much detail into it at the moment, but it's going to be like nothing that's ever been produced before, um, which is typically like a lot of our products. Um, but yeah, all will be revealed very soon on on that, and that's going to be mainly targeting um, you know like thyroid. Um, stimulation production um also helping with um you know management of um you know aging of the skin and, and mitigating i guess i guess the blue light um, effects from uh, um from artificial sources on the skin um and yeah where to find us um you know swing by our instagram we we post daily there um, a lot of educational content um just look look up blue blocks um, same as our Facebook page. Um, and also the light and health group um, is very big as as well. And a lot of educational content is put in there. It's a very friendly group, you know, you can come in and ask questions. But you know, what we like to say to everyone is, you know, everyone's light situation and, and lifestyle is is very different. So reach out to us, Katie and I personally answer any questions that are addressed to us at a general email address because we want um we want to help people that want to help themselves. So if they want to say, this is my light environment, what glasses do I need to get or what hacks can I do, they can they can email us at contact at dot and ask any questions they want because we're here to educate first and then to provide second. So you know they're probably the best mediums. I would say just reach out to us, let's have some conversations and let's point you in the direction of some you know, more information if that's what you're looking for, or help you choose the best glasses for you.
3: Yes. Thank you so much for your time today. I know our listeners are going to love this and we look forward to part three.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. It's been an honor and a pleasure.
3: Thank
1: you.
0: We are proud to partner with Blue Blocks, bringing you the most advanced blue blocking lens technology available to combat digital eye strain, poor sleep, and mood. Use the discount link in the show notes and the code CKCOACH.
3: Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today, Mind Body Breakthrough. Chris and I truly appreciate each and every one of you. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend and to join us in our free mind body breakthrough Facebook community where you can start peeling away the layers of everything that's not you so you can be you.